1: On the Chicago Bears Review. With both teams looking at a three game losing streak, the Bears and Falcons met up in Atlanta's Georgia Dome on Sunday to see who would get back to winning and who would just keep right on losing. Were the Bears the fortunate ones or did Atlanta spoil our road trip? All of this plus Bear Up and Bear Down on the Week 6 Review episode of The Chicago Bears Review. You know, this first half of the season, with the five road games and the first eight games, it looked kind of daunting, especially since we were going to places that were especially that was especially good teams at home—San Francisco, Atlanta, Carolina, and such. But uh, the Bears have been the road warriors in 2014 thus far. What's going on, everybody? Larity back for the Week Six review episode of the Chicago Bears review, and it is a victory episode i'm very happy to be wrong as you guys know i picked atlanta to win and, and honestly after the way that they played against atlanta or excuse me against carolina uh the way that green bay carved us up uh you know with the weapons that we had with atlanta could you blame me for picking atlanta I, honestly it just you know it was one of those things where i i i just wanted them to prove me wrong and i was so happy to be wrong you know and and, and it's the thing guys you know that I root for the team. I'm not rooting for them to lose when I pick them to lose or anything like that. It's just I don't think they're going to win, and uh, I was so happy to be wrong on Sunday. Very happy that my guys uh, came through. That made it a good and happy Sunday uh, for me on Sunday afternoon, even though, uh, as you'll hear me say, uh, I missed the entire first quarter of the game, and it was not my fault. So, uh Anyway, lots to get to. We have our review, and then, of course, everybody's favorite segment Bear Up and, and Bear Down, which is, uh, you might imagine, with the performance that we had on Sunday, is very heavy on Bear Ups and, and almost non existent with the Bear Downs. So, uh, what do you say we go ahead and just skip the formalities, get right to it? The review of the Bears and the Falcons on Sunday. <laughs> One thing that I have always hated about when the Bears play that late game on Sunday, when they play the 3 o'clock game, is that there always seems to be an issue about when Fox or CBS, no matter who it is, about when they actually make the switch from whatever game is playing to get to the Bears as they get started at 3 in the afternoon. And in this case... Uh, the Bears and Falcons were set to kick off at 3:25 here in the Central Time Zone, of course, and um, the um, the the Packers and Dolphins were the early game for me here uh, in the Quad Cities, and we got to watch, you know, Aaron Rodgers come from behind and and beat the, beat the Dolphins, and they got finished right around three o'clock or so. So we were we were treated to extended coverage. Uh, Of the early games, which in my case was the Carolina Panthers and the Cincinnati Bengals, who had gone into overtime uh, thanks to a late Graham Gano field goal uh, to tie the game at 34. Now, this was fine, Uh, you know. uh, Keep to watch, keep watching a game right up until kickoff of the Bear Game uh, is, uh, you know, comes through. But you know, when like I said, when when things like this happen. Uh, they never switch the feed over when they're actually supposed to. It's, it's very rare that I've actually seen the kickoff to a Bear game at 3.05 or 3.25 or, or whatever it was supposed to be because I you know they just don't switch it up like they have to leave it there until the natural conclusion uh, of what is happening you know oh the 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 have to stay to the end of this drive or whatever you know but in this case and you'll hear me talk about it in the first quarter knee-jerk reaction uh there was somebody asleep at the wheel uh in in the Fox. I don't know if it was you know because at the local affiliate or if it was a national thing as far as fans getting to watch the game but I had to listen to the I had to listen to the first quarter and then some of the uh, of the game uh, on online on WBBM radio the, the the home feed for the for the Bears and you know Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer were filling me in which of course really wasn't helping
2: knee <laughs> jerk reaction to the first quarter of the Bears and the Falcons and um, you know what I, I, I would honestly love to tell you what happened but uh, my local Fox affiliate here in the Quad Cities thinks it's far more important that I watch the overtime period with the Carolina Panthers and the Cincinnati Bengals. It was supposed to be extended coverage until the Bear game came on, but uh, it's the end of the first quarter, and I'm still waiting for the Bears game to come on. And more importantly, I'm waiting for this damn Bengals and Panthers game to go away. So uh, apparently they have to run this thing out. There's a minute 32 left in the overtime period. They're still tied. So i got to wait for them to tie before they'll switch it over to the Chicago Bear game. So hopefully I'll be able to tell you something in the second quarter. I do know that the Bears are driving and that Atlanta has a 3 nothing lead, but as far as what's been going down, I really couldn't tell you. So uh, hopefully I'll actually be able to watch the game in the second quarter or, or part of the second quarter because this damn Bengals game is not over yet.
1: <laughs> so you get to hear my frustration. Uh, I missed the, the the entire first quarter and as you'll hear me say in the second quarter knee jerk reaction i missed almost four or five minutes of the second quarter uh, as well so i missed a, a third of the football game before fox finally woke up and switched it over uh to the bears game the the game that i should have been watching for the past half hour uh if not more uh the, the what i could take away from the first quarter was that uh you know atlanta's first drive uh Uh, stalled out and they ended up kicking a 52 yard uh, field goal as i said the bears were driving uh, at the end of the first quarter and they actually kicked the field goal to tie the game before the feed came through so i didn't get to see that drive or or anything like that but it it didn't sound very impressive uh, in the first quarter um the, the one thing that i did miss that uh, i i kind of wanted to see was uh, devin hester's only catch of the football game a 23 yard uh, reception on the scoring drive uh, for the falcons but uh, aside from that you know it was uh, fairly uh, fairly quiet there were uh, there really weren't a lot of fireworks in the first quarter or for the first 5 minutes into the second quarter so uh, but as you'll hear me say, in the second quarter, the game finally came on, and then things really started happening.
2: Knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Falcons after two quarters. And uh, yes, uh, with, a minute, with, with 11 minutes and 55 seconds to go in the second quarter, I switched from the uh, irrelevant uh, Carolina-Cincinnati uh, uh, game that ended in a tie. So basically, I was watching it for no reason and finally switched.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret.
2: over to the game that I wanted to see which was my Bears against the Atlanta Falcons and uh, it was a 3-0 game when I finally joined, actually it was a 3-3 game uh, when I finally joined in and and since I've come back you know it didn't sound like the Bears were being very good on offense uh, in that first quarter, they really seemed to come out of their shell in the second quarter Uh, the first drive that I got to see the Bears uh, take part in they drove the length of the field uh, and ended it with a uh, touchdown uh, set up by a beautiful 47 seven yard throw from uh, from Cutler to Marshall a nice to uh, just like beautiful touch over the over the shoulder throw on third and seven that Brandon took down the field got us within driving range and then from about seven yards out Cutler finds uh, Josh Morgan for his first touchdown of the game the defense on the other hand looks like it's it's playing more man coverage today. And after watching us get smoked play after play in in zone coverage the first five games of the season, it's nice to see us switch it up uh, a little bit. However, there there were a few opportunities the Falcons had to get the ball downfield, and it was either overthrown or dropped, and, you know, it was – when they were in that zone, that the Falcons were wide open. I mean, not just a step or two, I'm talking wide open in the middle of nowhere, uh, not being surrounded by by opponents, but uh, luckily the Bears have uh, essentially pitched a shutout on defense, only allowed three points so far. The Bears capped off the second half with a field goal. Should have been a touchdown drive, hoping that these, these getting field goals instead of touchdowns doesn't come back to hurt us uh, in the end, but we start uh, the second half. I have no idea who gets the ball in the second half because i didn't see who started with the football in the first quarter so uh we'll see how it goes we're leading 13 to 3 though
1: and as it turns out the falcons got to start with the football so i'm guessing we i'm 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 assuming we started with the football uh in the in the in the opener uh, of the football game but uh you heard me talk about it just briefly there at the end was i was hoping that these field goals that uh you know should have been you know Settling for field goals instead of getting touchdowns didn't come back to hurt us uh, in the second half because you know I was just looking at the at the breakdown and both of Robbie Gold's field goals were less than thirty yards, which means that we were inside the red zone and had to settle for field goals on those two drives and uh, you know it just it was something that was hoping that didn't come back to hurt us and in the third quarter it looked like it had because in, instead of being up. 21 to three at halftime it was a 13 to three score the falcons were not out of the game by any stretch and then early on in the third quarter the falcons came out and and combined with the fact that it looked like the bears went back to that zone defense that they've been getting smoked in all season uh you know because like i I touched upon it there it looked like there was a lot more man coverage The, the coverage looked much tighter Uh, against the Falcons than it had against anybody there wasn't anybody that was in wide open space anytime that uh, you know Roddy White or Julio Jones had a ball come in their direction if they did catch it there was somebody to take them down immediately Uh, you know somebody was always there as opposed to all of a sudden they're sitting in this zone with no one around them and they get to run for five to ten yards before somebody even touches them they looked much more efficient uh, in the secondary on Sunday. And, I, you know, honestly, it didn't really have anything to do with the pressure that the front four were providing because the sacks and such came later. Uh, in the game Uh, it just uh, I just think that we were better in the coverage had a better scheme uh, defensively so hats off to Mel Tucker on on that you're not getting a bear up from me but you know I will give you kudos you look like you had a much better defensive game plan in place against the Falcons than you've had against anybody else I hope he kind of uh, sticks to it but as you hear me talk about it in the third quarter knee-jerk reaction Things got tight there for a while, but then the Bears turned it around.
2: Need a reaction to the Bears and the Falcons after three quarters, and it's uh, it's closer than we would like it to be. Atlanta took their opening drive in for a touchdown uh, to make it thirteen to ten. The Bears came up with garbage, absolute garbage in the in their first offensive drive. A lousy, I mean, the third third down play. It looked like the offensive line was on roller skates. They were being pushed back into into J. Jay- so quickly, the Falcons come back again to tie the game with a field goal. And it and the big problem just seems to be that the defense got away from man coverage. They look like they've gone back into the whole zone coverage where Atlanta's finding those big holes in the zone to get Julio Jones and and Devin Hester and uh, Roddy White open in the middle of the field. That's how they were able to move the ball uh, down the field and get their points on the board. However, the Bears answered with their own uh, scoring drive a huge 74-yard throw from Jay to Alshon I mean if and the thing is if Jay hits him in stride if Jay Jay hits him in stride it's like a 90 yard touchdown it was huge a huge putt a huge catch Uh, the very next play Matt Forte takes it in from about 6 yards out the Bears are up 19 to 13 because our special teams unit our field goal extra point unit got the extra point blocked so it's 19 to 13 the Bears just converted a huge third and 11 Uh, I think they got about 30 yards or so on the play because they're at the atlanta 39 yard line driving once again looking to put two scores between us and the falcons as we start the fourth quarter
1: (laughs) you know i love listening to these knee-jerk reactions because i feel for anyone who's ever watched around the horn on espn uh woody page when i when i used to watch the show a lot was was one of my favorite guys and not because he was the smartest or he made the best points, but because he reminded me of myself in the fact that he always sounded like he had all of this stuff that he was that it was in his head, he was trying to get it out and it was all like trying to force its way out. And like like just imagine like in, in comedy movies, two guys trying to walk through the same through the same doorway at the same time when they get stuck with each other. You know, they walk in, and they're shoulder to shoulder, and they look at each other. They're annoyed, and then they try to walk through again. They back out, and they try to walk, and they're still stuck. That's what some of my thoughts feel like when I'm knee-jerk reaction because I'm trying to get everything that I want out during the commercial break so that I can, you know, rejoin the game when they come back from commercial break between quarters uh, and such so it, it all is just like it's trying to all get through this tiny little filter all at the same time and sometimes I step on myself <laughs> one thought gets out in front of the other and, and all the rest of that I just I always like listening to those but anyway as you heard me talking about uh, the Bears did answer Atlanta's field goal drive after uh, a very unimpressive effort offensively in the first half of the three of the third quarter especially that f- opening drive of the second quarter, a horrible looking three and out, uh, especially that third down play, like you heard me say about the roller skates with the offensive line, Jay being under crazy pressure and having to get rid of the ball and things like that. It just looked like momentum had really shifted him in, in Atlanta's favor. You know, they, they took the opening uh, drive in the second half, seven plays, 86 yards, finished it off with a big play to the to Smith, the running back out of the backfield, the 41-yard uh, you know, screen play, like on third and 19 or something like that it was a big play uh, for the Falcons that brought him in and then when they got the ball back after that crappy drive uh, from the Bears they, they tied the game up uh, at 13 and then the offense showed up then Jay and the offense took over the big play to Alshon it was 74 yards on the play and it wasn't so much that he didn't hit Alshon in stride you know when I had a chance to go back and look at it again what it was that um Instead of throwing it towards the inside of the field, it almost ended up being kind of a back shoulder throw because Alshon had to kind of turn turn around backwards towards the sideline to make the catch. So, it, you know, I guess it would like he was still running. He was still moving downfield. He didn't have to sit and wait uh, for the ball. He just had to turn differently to make the catch like he had to catch it over a different shoulder. Uh, and everything and uh, if you know but if he had hit him in stride you know thrown it perfectly to the inside it would have been a touchdown but uh, instead it was a 74 yard reception got the bears down to the six Matt Forte finished it off with a uh, with a uh, a short run from six yards out to make it 19-13 and then the one real blemish on the game being that extra point block just just another reminder that our special teams units aren't where we need them to be uh, even though our coverage units did a fantastic job, Devin Hester was a complete non factor uh, in the football game, uh, in the return game. And, you know, we were all kind of worried about that. Devin Hester in a dome, uh, quote unquote, revenge against the Bears and, and, and so on, thinking that we might end up getting hurt uh, by Devin because we haven't been very good on special teams. But uh, our coverage teams did a, did a tremendous job. Uh, Teddy Williams in, in in particular the guy that was the goat against Carolina for crashing into the guy that led to the oh here's the ball I'll just take this 79 yards in for a touchdown that was his fault but uh you know he did a great job against the Falcons uh, on Sunday and uh uh you know the Bears finished it off finished off the third quarter with the uh, you know starting another drive that was uh, that ended up being let's see ended up being 15 plays and 87 yards uh, capped off by another Matt Forte run, as you'll hear me talk about in the fourth quarter. Knee jerk reaction.
2: New York reaction to the Bears and the Falcons. After four quarters, and it's a ball game, the Bears were able to extend their lead to 27-13, and that is how the game ends. A 27-13 victory for our beloved Chicago Bears, bringing them to 500 once again, and uh, the Falcons fall to 2-4. and four. It was probably the best fourth quarter the Bears have played since the San Francisco game, where we were actually completely dominant in this quarter. uh, We were on offense. We're moving the ball down the field. Uh, Another commanding scoring drive uh, for the Bears uh, ended. It was like 15 plays, eight and a half minutes where we we ended the third quarter into the fourth quarter. 15, 16 plays, eight and a half, nine minutes resulted in the touchdown. Martellus Bennett catches the two-pointer to make it 27-13. Willie Young had two sacks. Jared Allen got his first sack uh, in the game. I think we had four five on Matt Ryan for the football game. Kyle Fuller was punching the ball out of his hands, and a huge bear up, and this is premature, but here it is, a huge bear up to our linebacking core, because none of our starters played today. Lance Briggs, John Bostick, Shay McClellan, DJ Williams, all out for this game. So Al, not Al, Daryl, excuse me, Daryl Sharpton, Kasim Green, Christian Jones, those were our starting linebackers today, and they were outstanding. Uh, against the Falcons, so the, we looked a lot better, a lot tighter on defense, looks like we are playing more man coverage than zone, weren't, weren't getting smoked for big plays like we have been against every other team that we played so this will be probably the first week that you only hear me say over and over and over again, it looks like we get to take a week off from that, so uh, good news there, so the Bears win it 27-13, to 13. we head back home to Soldier Field to take on the Dolphins and hopefully we won't be snake bitten against them like we have, or we were the last time they visited soldier field
1: you know so there it was uh the, the bears capped off their most complete game uh of the season uh, that they they dominated on the on the and it's it's the first time that it's happened actually because uh, in our in our in our losses against buffalo in our losses against hell even against green bay in in our loss last week against carolina statistically we were dominant the only place that we lost was in the area of turnovers, and that's ended up what's ended up being the difference in the football game. Once again, Jay Cutler was perfect—no interceptions there, no fumbles, or any miscues from the, for the from the rest of the team. Uh, and and it just from what looked to be a pretty fair and even matchup going into the game turned out to be a lopsided affair. And in a lot of ways, I mean, the Bears. Only allowed 12 first downs. Uh, the offense had 23 of its own. We were 7 of 15 on third down. Atlanta was 4 for 13. We ran 69 plays. The Falcons only ran 54. We had 36 minutes time of possession. The Falcons only had 23. I mean, like I said, it just it, it piled up as the game uh, went along. 368 yards passing to Atlanta's 245. And this is the biggest one, especially considering – how our rush defense was uh, last season. 110 yards rushing for the Bears, 42 yards rushing for the Falcons on 13 carries. It's a, still a 3.2-yard average for the Falcons, but it just, you know, they weren't running the ball, and, and when they did, they weren't doing it well. So, uh, you know, their leading rusher had 25 yards, Stephen Jackson. Um, Matt Forte had 17 carries for 80 yards uh, on the day. Alshon Jeffrey, 136 yards on five catches. Brandon Marshall, 113 yards on six catches. And they were saying how um, our receivers, and especially Brandon Marshall, needed to get more involved uh, in the uh, in the f- in the passing game or in the offense. Period. And it looked like very early on, Jay and, and Brandon were were trying to uh, establish that. Uh, and, and you know, nine targets, six catches for Brandon Marshall. Seven targets, five catches for Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, Matt Forte had ten catches out of the backfield for seventy-seven yards. Martellus Bennett, a quiet fifty-two yards on four catches. Uh, and, you know, and Josh Morgan only caught one catch for three yards and the only passing touchdown of the game. But um, it it hasn't happened yet, or it, you know, it happened on Sunday actually, but it hadn't happened yet that Jay Cutler would have a big day throwing the ball and the Bears win. Because it it was one of those things where on those days where Jay threw for three fifty or three sixty, the Bears somehow managed to lose the game. And in this case, Jay was twenty six to thirty eight for three eighty one, one touchdown and no sacks, a one o nine point six uh, quarterback rating. You know that until Sunday. Uh, I, I don't think I'd ever seen that happen. Usually when the Bears win, Jay threw for like 250, uh, you know, maybe maybe 270 uh, and two touchdowns, but never had a big passing day like the one he had on Sunday where he almost threw for 400 yards and the Bears managed to win. Uh, but it, it was top to bottom our most complete uh, team performance, uh, aside from the, uh, the the blemish on special teams with the the blocked uh extra point and the fact that we can't seem to punt the ball without having some kind of holding penalty oh which reminds me apparently walter payton came back from the dead and had a holding penalty uh on sunday because the referee called number 34 on the chicago on the bears for holding so uh you know sweetness came back and they had him on special teams which is kind of screwed up when you think about it why would you put some sweetness on special teams that's just terrible but uh yeah, Sweetness got called for a holding penalty uh, against the Falcons uh, on Sunday. But, you know, we just can't seem to avoid those uh, those penalties uh, on special teams and uh, then, you know, the icing on the cake being the blocked extra point uh, that um, luckily did not come back to, uh, to hurt us. But, uh, you know, Jared Allen got off the Schneid, got his first sack uh, of the season, and it was actually a pretty good one. He ran right around Jake Matthews got a handful of jersey, and as Jake Matthews was taking Allen to the ground, he still had that handful of jersey and brought Matt Ryan with him. Um, Willie Young with two big sacks. Uh, Stephen Paya had the first one in the game, who's having a, quietly having a very solid season. He's got four sacks uh, you know, on the interior defensive line, not a very easy thing to do. Uh, he's doing it very well uh, so far uh, this season. Uh, Jeremiah Ratliff uh, you know played solid in his first action since uh, the San Francisco game so it was good to see him back as well and as you heard me mention the linebackers were outstanding uh, they seem to be just about everywhere uh, on Sunday and you know who knows I don't know how much of that had to do with the with the, the just the guys being out there on the field uh you know Kasim green daryl sharpton and uh you know christian jones were these guys just playing out of their minds because they want to keep playing and you know they know they're going back to the bench once the starters are healthy or did did mel tucker do a better job of of scheming for the falcons and these guys were always in the right place at the right time uh like they like uh, mel tucker wanted them to be so uh time will tell and we'll see how uh how things look against the Dolphins on Sunday, but after the way those linebackers played against the Falcons, um, Bostick and McClellan and and Briggs, uh, this, they don't they don't need to hurry back. Uh, they don't need to hurry back. So uh, you know we'll see how uh, we'll see how things go with with this with this new linebacking core, and uh, see how everything else goes forward. So, but it was a, a commanding uh, and impressive victory. 27 to 13, the lowest point total allowed by the defense in the Mark Tressman era. 13 points. Uh, so if we've we've finally got away. We got away from the 20 point, uh, you know, performances uh, once again. So uh, the Bears move to three and three. We got a tough game with the Dolphins, and it there is such a Jekyll and Hyde team. It's going to be an interesting preview episode we have here in a couple of days um, because they've they've. They've looked awesome against the Patriots when they beat them Week One. They looked awesome uh, in the second half uh, against the uh, the Packers, but couldn't hang on, you know. And then they have some embarrassing losses there in between. So, uh, very interested to see who the Bears are going to face uh, on Sunday when the Dolphins come to town. Also, will the Bears go the entire first half of the season without a home victory? Because this is our last home game. Before the bye, because we have that the, we have a visit from the, Fal- uh, the from the Dolphins before we go to New England the following week, and then we're on the bye week nine, you know. So we don't come back home until week eleven, because we have week eight at um, week eight at New England. We have the bye week nine, and then week ten when we come back, it's Sunday night against the Packers in Lambo. So we don't come back home for another three weeks uh, to play again and i believe that's against the vikings yeah i think it's the vikings but uh nonetheless you know we don't have another home game for 3 weeks this will be the last home game for the f- in the first half uh, of the season can we finally get a victory at home before we close out the first half that is uh an excellent question at this point so but that's going to do it for the review of the bears and the falcons they win it 27 to 13 The Bears go to 3-3. The Falcons fall to 2-4. What do you say we wrap this thing up with everybody's favorite segment, Bear Up, Bear Down. mentioned it earlier in the show that uh, you can imagine with the performance that we had on both sides of the football. It's going to be a very, very heavy bear up episode uh, this week. And uh, you would be correct in, in considering that. And there's probably actually a few names that I've left off the list that I didn't want to. But we'll start on the offensive side of the football with the bear ups. We got Jay Cutler. Uh, bear up to Jay Cutler. Uh, twenty six to thirty eight, three eighty one, and a touchdown. No interceptions, which seems to be the Achilles' heel of the Bears. Whenever there is an interception or a turnover, um, most of the time it's on from the hands of Jay Cutler, and it ends up being our death knell more times the, than not. That uh, you know he was essentially perfect on Sunday uh, with the three eighty one and the victory uh, for our beloved uh, Bear. Up Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey. will just lump the two of them together. Between the two guys, we had 11 catches for 149 yards, or excuse me, 200, 249 yards uh, on Sunday. An outstanding job, and and big impact plays uh, as well. Uh, The 47-yard reception from Brandon Marshall that set up our first touchdown drive. The big 74-yard uh, catch from Alshon Jeffrey that uh, you know capped off that you know set up our our first scoring drive in the third quarter. That kind of really that stole momentum away from the Falcons. That was the, in my opinion, that was the the, the play. That was the turning point uh, in the game. That's where the Bears grasped hold of the of the game and didn't let go for the remainder uh, of it. That big 74-yard catch to Jeffrey and uh, capping it off with the Matt Forte run uh, to take the lead after giving up uh, after giving up the lead and letting the Falcons tie. We went ahead and took it back with that touchdown drive. Um, and speaking of Matt Forte, big big bear up to Matt Forte. Um, Ten catches for 77 yards, 17 carries for 80 yards, so nearly 160 yards in total offense. Two touchdowns on the ground uh, for Matt Forte, his first two rushing touchdowns. TDs uh, of the season so a big bear up to our to our running back and let's see do we have any other offensive guys okay that's gonna wrap it up for the offensive guys on the defensive side you heard me talk about them Christian Jones Daryl Sharpton Kasim Green are starting linebackers for Sunday uh, things did not look good going into it because uh, you know Lance Briggs had been ruled out on on Friday they ruled him out on Friday after the last day of practice He's not playing on Sunday, so we knew no no Lance Briggs, and we knew no Shea McClellan because he's still uh, dealing with the hand injury. So, But it was still up in the air that Bostick and Williams were going to play. When the inactives came out on Sunday, all four of those guys were on the list. Bostick, Williams, McClellan, Briggs, out. So it was like, who the hell do we have left to play linebacker? Well... We had Daryl Sharpton, who was our middle linebacker, Kasim Green, and uh, Christian Jones, and they were outstanding uh, on Sunday. They were part of a defensive unit that allowed 42 rushing yards, the lowest rushing total I would wager in quite some time. You know, probably since Lovey was coach, and you know, we're probably maybe even talking, you know, sometime early in 2012 or maybe even 2011, the last time the Bears allowed only 42 yards rushing. Uh, in a football game, but those three guys were outstanding uh, on Sunday. So big bear ups to those three guys. I hope we get to see some more of them because if some is good, more must be better. You know that phrase. Um, all right, bear up to Kyle Fuller, who just continues to impress. Uh, he got another uh, fist of Fuller uh, forced fumble uh, on Sunday. The Bears did not recover it, however but uh it was a, a an outstanding play by the rookie once again also uh you know was part of the uh the secondary that held the Julio Jones and um Roddy White uh, to uh let's see 130 yards between the two of them so it's uh you know whereas Alshon had 136 yards by himself uh Jones and and actually that was uh I'm sorry Julio Jones had 68 yards. Roddy White had 40. So we kept him to under 110 yards, actually, which is even better. So, um, But, uh, you know, Kyle Fuller is, is, uh, in many people's opinion, including my own, leading candidate for Defensive Rookie of the Year. He has been outstanding uh, so far this year. And you guys heard me say it a million times when we picked him. I didn't have a problem with the player. I had a problem with the position that he played. I really didn't think that – cornerback was the way we should have gone especially with all the top safeties still being on the board when the Bears picked at 14 we took the corner anyway and it looks like a fortuitous thing because obviously we lose peanut Tillman second game of the year for the season and uh, ever since Kyle Fuller has been forced into the starting lineup he has been amazing including the day that he had to go in with the two picks against the 49ers so bear up to him for another solid performance against the Falcons and then we have Willie Young, Big Bear up to him. The guy's outperforming that contract we signed him to. Two big sacks in the fourth quarter against the Falcons. Jared Allen, Bear up to him for finally getting off the Schneid, getting his first sack, and even this first Chicago Bear lasso sack dance. I found fantastic. From him and then a bear up to Steven Paya, his fourth sack of the season, he's been playing outstanding uh, on that interior defensive line for the Bears where last year we couldn't keep him healthy, and when he was on the field, he was playing like he was hurt. This year he's healthy, and he's playing like a stud. So He's playing like the guy that Phil Emery traded up for uh, in his first draft in 2012 to get him in the second round. He's been awesome so far this year. And then the final bear up, it goes to the fans. Uh, you, there was a, actually a time in the fourth quarter the Falcons had to call a what many what what people call a noise timeout in their own building because Bear fans were so loud that the that the Falcons had to call a timeout on offense to uh to regroup. Uh, with what it was, they thought they were trying to do, or they couldn't communicate because the noise level the Bear fans were bringing in Atlanta's building. How friggin' awesome is that? And I was live tweeting uh, the game, as which I will do against the Dolphins on Sunday uh, as well. And um, you know, I said it's like I don't care what anybody says; we have the best fans in football because nobody travels like Bear fans. And the Atlanta game was just another uh, was just another example. Of that happening so I mean we've heard many examples over the last few years uh, the Monday night game in a, in Dallas against the Cowboys the Bears went ahead and won we outnumbered it just seemed like we outnumbered Cowboys fans that game that I went to last year in St Louis was at best or excuse me at worst at worst a 50 50. Uh, mixture of rams and bear fans it was an amazing atmosphere to be in. it was just too bad the bears couldn't win uh but it was a it was a lot of fun being there and being amongst many many bear fans instead of them you know shuffling all us all of us into you know one section of the stadium we we seem to be everywhere uh in that building and then last uh sunday against the falcons they had to call a noise timeout in their own building that's so awesome so bear up to the fans in Chicago for the Chicago fans in Atlanta on Sunday. You guys, uh, you earned it. And then on the bear down side of things, uh, you know, really, I only had two names. One was Joe D. Camillus, just because he's the special teams coordinator. I I do praise them for their kick coverage and and keeping Devin Hester uh, a non factor. But you know. We can't. There's always penalties on special teams almost every time. And there's always some miscue in the game. And there's the extra point that got blocked uh, on Sunday. These this these things have to stop. They have to because it's going to end up costing us a game like it did last week against Carolina. The miscue that we had on that punt was the, the seven points that that ended up being the difference in the football game. And we just can't keep having that happen. Uh, over and over again and then the last bear down I I don't know who to give it to I don't know if I give it to Chris Conte or if I give it to the training staff and and Chris Conte has not played poorly uh, aside from that where he looked like an idiot in the final in the in the overtime period against Buffalo where he says he was trying to knock the ball out of his hands and just looked like he was getting smacked around by Fred Jackson before Fred Jackson threw him on his ass Um, you know uh, he's played well when he's been out there. And and I give Chris Conti credit because he's gotten injured playing the game. Like he's going out there, he's laying the leather to Roddy White. or He's laying the leather to Julio Jones. Last week against Kelvin Benjamin in Carolina, he got hurt, you know, driving a shoulder into Kelvin Benjamin and knocking him back kind of thing. But it's – I think we're on, a, we're on a streak here. I think we're in like four or five games in a row. Chris Conti's had to leave the game and not return with some kind of injury. So I don't know if we blame Chris Conti or if we blame the training staff for letting him go out there. But, uh, you know, I would say for the health of Chris Conti, let him sit this week. Let him sit this week against the Dolphins, ring it back against New England or hell. Let him sit out the next two games and have him come back healthy and hundred percent against green Bay. See if he can actually make it through a football game. Cause he's useless to us this way. He is, he's completely useless to us this way. If he comes out, he's in the game for a quarter and a half before he breaks his shoulder again, because he was playing football and decided, you know, and, and ran into the, the safety or the, the receiver like he's supposed to. So, uh, I don't know who to give the bear down to there. Whoever's making the decision uh, is uh, is the one that's guilty. So uh, is it is it Chris Conte for saying, yeah, I can go when he knows he should probably take the week off? Or is it the training staff for being like, okay, Chris, you can go back out there? So uh, either way, bear down to whoever is the fool on that one. So I uh, hate to end it on a negative note, but uh, ah, who cares? We won the game on Sunday. It doesn't get much more positive Uh, than that so we'll be back on Thursday to preview the Bears and the Dolphins on Sunday in Soldier Field our last home game before the end of the first half and uh, hopefully we can uh, get to a winning get to winning a game in Soldier Field which would be nice it would be the first time in 2014 probably the latest that it's ever happened uh, for the Bears week number seven Uh, our first home victory of the season whereas last year we won the first two games at home uh, in in 2013 so uh, hopefully we can uh, flip that uh, flip that around and also get back to a a, a winning record uh, before we head out to new England uh, the following Sunday so we'll be back on Thursday with that preview episode until then my name is Larry D and this has been the Chicago Bears Review